JFM Sports Wrap. Good evening to you and welcome to SAFM Sports Wrap this evening. Thank you very much to the MoneyWeb team back tomorrow, same time here on SAFM, South Africa's news and information leader at 6 p.m. to give you the latest of what's happening as far as the markets and your money goes. So make sure you tune in then. My name is Brad Brown with you until 7 o'clock this evening. The busy show lined up for you. We'll have live action from the 2015 Africa Cup of Nations. Moali keeping an eye on uh, the opening game of the day. We'll also head to Doha in Qatar to find out what happened today at the uh, Qatar Masters. And I can tell you it was a fantastic day for South Africans. So we'll chat to Nick Dye later on this evening's show. We'll also get the latest out of the Bafana Bafana camp ahead of their crucial match tomorrow evening against Senegal. And we'll also touch base with Johan Ackermann, coach of the Lions, as they start wrapping up their pre-season preparation ahead of the start of the 2015 Super Rugby season. Let's start with some stories coming through on the wires this evening. The second round of Group B matches in the Africa Cup of Nations is underway. Currently, Zambia are playing Tunisia. And uh, 31 minutes gone, and there is no score as of yet. We'll head to Moali in just a short while. At 9 South African time tonight, Cape Verde come up against the Democratic Republic of Congo. In other news out of the tournament, frustrated host Equatorial Guinea are claiming a conspiracy at the AFCON. Equatorial Guinea's Football Federation said it has sent a letter of protest to tournament organisers uh, this week following a disallowed goal by their captain in the opening game. A one-all draw with the Republic of Congo in Bata on Saturday. The captain was ruled off sides, though TV replays suggested that he wasn't. The Federation seems to think the incident may have been more than just a mistake by the match officials. CAF is yet to respond publicly to the apparent protest. Equatorial Guinea has drawn both its games and now must beat neighbour Gabon in the final round of uh, games in Group A to qualify for the quarters. Uh, The very least uh, the raucous home fans expect from their team. In other football news, 16-year-old Martin Udengartz was presented as a Real Madrid player today. The youngest ever player to play for the Norwegian national side has signed a three-and-a-half-year contract at Real after being courted by several top European clubs. It's reported that Real would pay Udengard's Norwegian club Stromskotset 2.8 million euros now and a maximum of 2.8 million more in add-ons later depending on the youngster's achievements. In golf news, there is a three-way tie atop the leaderboard at the Qatar Masters in Doha. South Africa's George Kutsia, Brandon Grace share the second-round lead with Austria's Bernd Wiesberger, all on nine under. The trio lead Argentina's Emiliano Grillo and South Korea's An Boyang Hun by one heading into the weekend. Speaking after his rounds, Wiesberger was happy with the confidence he's taking into the weekend. Yeah, I feel comfortable. You know, I've, uh, as I said, I haven't really expected it um, going into... Um, those two weeks, especially because I played uh, quite poorly last year, uh, especially uh, here, I've never played that well so far here. But um, no, it gives me great confidence, and um, you know, I'm, I keep doing what I'm doing. So I'm, I think I've, I've worked on the right things the last couple of weeks, and um, it shows so far. For George Kutsia, he's quite glad that his game is coming together. Swing's coming along slowly, but it's coming along and I'm uh, putting pretty nicely. So it's, I just got to wait and uh, got to wait for my birdies. It's not not to force it and just kind of play the golf course like I know it. 
Match day four at the Australian Open today, and compared to yesterday, where there were scares for both the men's and ladies' second seeds, Rafael Nadal and Maria Sharapova, today was fairly pedestrian. However, unseeded and floating dangerously in the draw, two-time Australian Open champion Victoria Azarenka took out number eight seed Caroline Wozniacki, 6-4-6-2, in the evening session to reach the third round at the first major of 2015. Azarenka's rankings slipped into the 40s due to a series of illnesses and injuries that restricted her to nine tournaments in 2014. It means she didn't have a seeding at the Australian Open despite winning the title uh, in Melbourne in 2012 and 2013. Chris Bowers was at Melbourne Park today and he filed this report. After the drama of Monday and Wednesday, Tuesday and today have turned into the calmer days, with only one senior seed going out on day four. That was the men's 13th seed, Roberto Bautista Agut, who was hardly thought of as a serious title challenger, and all the big names went through, some embarrassingly quickly. Agnieszka Radvanska took just 44 minutes to beat Johanna Larsson, 6-love, 6-1, and Novak Djokovic needed 84 minutes to beat Andrei Kuznetsov for the loss of five games. Other winners were Serena Williams, Venus Williams, Stan Wawrinka, Kane Shikori, Miller Raonic, Petra Kvitova and Dominika Sibylkova. Turning to South African fortunes, Kevin Anderson plays his third round match against Richard Gasquet tomorrow at 9 in the morning SA time. He's the higher ranked and higher seeded player, but Gasquet has bags of talent which could undermine Anderson's power. The question is whether he can find it on the day. In the doubles, Chanel Scapers and her Kazakh partner Zarina Diaz are through to the second round, while Raven Klassen and his Indian partner Leander Pace play tomorrow for a place in the third. Chris Bowers for SAFM Sport, Melbourne. Staying in Australia and moving on to cycling, the Tour Down Under. BMC's Rohan Dennis sees the overall lead today from countryman Jack Bowbridge. He now leads teammate and former Tour de France champion Cadell Evans by seven seconds on the general classification. Team Orica Green Edges, Daryl Impey slipped to 10th overall, but is still only 22 two seconds behind the leader. And finally, in some cricket news, former Protea opening batsman Elvira Peterson has joined Lancashire. The 34-year-old who bowed out of international game earlier this month has signed a two-year contract with an option for a third. Time now to head to Equatorial Guinea to find out what's happening in uh, the latest AFCON clash with Moali next. SAFM Sports Wrap. Let's head north now where Zambia are up against Tunisia and it's a very good evening to you Mo Ali. It's still goalless uh, but uh, a couple of opportunities in the last few minutes. And believe it or not uh, Brad, uh, the four opportunities that we've seen have all fallen to the uh, Zambian captain Rainford Kalaba. Two of them going wide and uh, two of them saved by the Tunisian goalkeeper Ayman Matluti. Uh, so all the chances uh, going to uh, the captain uh, Rainford Kalaba of course plays his football for Tipe Mazembe and uh, Zambia that shows you that uh, Zambia have had uh, a very very decent spell in the last uh, 15 minutes or so dominating the Tunisians who are on the attack as we speak and a number of green shirts behind uh, the ball there as the Tunisians appeal for a free kick through Yusuf Masakni, a man who plays his football for Lekiwa in uh, Qatar, but uh, not given by the referee. Of course, a victory of paramount importance for either of these two sides. It's a very, very open group indeed, Group uh, B, because, uh, of course, the opening two games saw uh, the results uh, turning out to be 1-1 draws. And, of course, next up, Cape Verde against uh, DR Congo, those two. So all four teams in this group level on a single point, but uh, Zambia enjoying... A decent spell, the uh, 2012 Nations Cup champions, but uh, they have yet to beat Tunisia at the Africa Cup of Nations in four previous meetings, two draws and uh, two victories. And uh, we all remember that game in Durban where Tunisia surprised uh, Zambia and uh, went on to win that semi-final before losing in the final, of course, to uh, Bafana Bafana at uh, 
We've had now nearly uh, 40 minutes, uh, 38 minutes gone in this uh, opening uh, Group uh, B game. It's uh, Zambia nil, Tunisia nil. Thank you very much, Marley. Before I let you go, I'm not sure if you heard the story at uh, top of the news with Equatorial Guinea apparently having laid uh, a complaint with CAF about uh, unfair treatment by the referees. Well, what, do you, yeah. what do you take on that? <laughs> well, if, if that's going to be allowed, we're going to have a flood of complaints. Uh, it's just a general refereeing uh, uh, mistake that was made. They certainly have a case in that the linesman uh, wrongly flagged Emilio Insuayo for the uh, second goal, which would have resulted in a victory. But uh, as we speak, it's a uh, ball being played across the face of goal and another opportunity. Great saved by the goalkeeper Matluti who flung out a left hand and uh, managed to evade the danger this time the chance going to Stopilo Sunzu man who scored the winning penalty for Zambia in uh, 2012 in the final against the Ivory Coast uh, but yes uh, coming back to that uh, issue Brad uh, you know if you're going to allow for referees mistakes to be overturned <laughs> I don't know where football's going referees make mistakes all the time umpires make the mistakes all the time so I think uh, that will just be brushed aside Fantastic, Marley. Thank you very much for that. We'll head back to Equatorial Guinea for uh, a sort of wrap of the first half, and we'll also chat to Mo briefly about Bafana Bafana's chances tomorrow night against Senegal. That's all coming up. Speaking of Bafana Bafana, uh, they've been working hard in preparation of that class, and we've got the latest news out of the camp next. SAFM Sports Wrap. This is South Africa's news and information leader. Well, if football was played on paper, the Bafana Bafana Senegal 2015 Africa Cup of Nations group match would be finished by now as a contest. Such are the huge differences when it comes to the player profiles of the two opposition camps, with the West African side boasting an array of star players in big leagues around the world in pretty much all departments of the game. During their 2-1 win over Ghana, the Senegalese coach started two top strikers, Moussa Sao of Fenerbahce in Turkey, uh, Turkey and Papi Sisse of Newcastle United on the bench. Stoke City's Mame Diof not only scored the equaliser, but also won the Man of the Match award but it's a big contest like these that bring the best out of Bafana. The underdog status suits them down to the ground and midfield Tuso Pilot believes their reputation counts for nothing. Yeah, I think they showed the game last night against yeah, when they played Ghana. Yeah, we know the big boys, they have big players playing overseas, they play well. We saw they play 3-5-2, if I'm not mistaken. And they're a good team, you know, if they beat Ghana, you know, they're a good team. They have good, good players playing in, in top leagues. We knew uh, coming to this tournament that we, uh, all, all our three games are going to be difficult, so... Even the Algeria game, you know, we're playing the number one team in the continent, but I think we'll play them on the day. So even against Senegal, we must go there and I'll play them and take our chances and win the game. Bafana Bafana have never beaten Senegal since the country's return to international football back in 1992 and the only competitive match between the two teams was a two-all draw in the 2008 AFCON in Ghana. The physical strength of the Taranga Lions will be terrifying but there's always a strategy to counter that and it's worked for Bafana Bafana before as Pale explains. I think they are more physical, more taller so set pieces wise they have the, the advantage but then if you're taller and bigger you're much lower than us. So we have the advantage there. As you, as you saw with the Algerians, I think we, we, we outpaced them in the second half, you know. Just that we, uh, we considered the, the goals, which I don't think they used their strength much. It was their own goal. And, you know, the, the other goal was coming from the flank. He got through, it, it, it took a shot. So the physical aspect is always uh, a disadvantage to us, South African players. But I think we, we, have, a play of playing, uh, we, we have a way of playing around them. As, as, as we, we, we're more quicker, we, we have the, the agility. So we, we have the advantage also on our side with that and it, it showed against Mali also.
you know, they're big players, but also we, we could outplay them uh, off the field. So we must just go use it against Senegal. Besides their physical strength, Senegal are also pretty good with the ball on the ground. They move the ball around with ease and can turn with pace, and they have skillful players like Lille's OSC's uh, Idrissa Gouet. Pala, whose pace can also trouble a team on a good day, emphasises that they don't need to change their style to suit other teams. Uh, I don't think uh, we're going to change our style of play. I think our style of play is the one that's going to win us games. Uh, our approach, obviously, is going to be different. Uh, Algeria, they were more direct. They used the width. They use crosses a lot, uh, which I don't think Senegal does. Senegal comes straight through the middle. They play long balls, you know, for the top striker. So, yeah, our approach is going to be different, but our approach to the game, it won't be different. Well, from the coach's side, we, uh, we never focus a lot on the opponent. Uh, we work more on our strength and, and our capabilities. So, the, the focus won't be on Senegal much. Our focus must be on our game, our gameplay, and us taking the chances that we create in the game and, yeah, score the goals. As the focus shifts to the next game, questions continue to be asked about the mistakes from the previous game, where Bafana Bafana gave away a 1-0 lead to lose 3-1 to tournament favourite Algeria. Part of the blame has been apportioned to goalkeeper Darren Keat, but his roommate and fellow goalkeeper Jackson Mobokwane differs. Darren is my, is my, is my roommate, so we, we spoke about the game, all the goals, and uh, I personally I feel he could have done better, but uh, obviously those things happen and uh, it's... I can't really say it's his fault, you know, but uh, obviously, uh, you know, when we don't take our chances, they, 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 they end up having uh, more of an advantage because then they, they, their confidence grow. And that's what happened. They, they, they grew in confidence and obviously they started putting us under pressure. But uh, from a goalkeeping point of view, uh, we could have done better. Uh, and obviously we will try and improve from there. Many felt with the third goal in particular that Keith should have dealt with it better and Mobokwane says the Belgian-based goalkeeper was also hard on himself after the game and he had to encourage him. Yeah, no, I, I did encourage him a lot. Um, he was feeling very sad. He was actually blaming himself a bit, but uh, I honestly don't feel it was his fault. You know, I, I feel um, uh, those goals can, can go in, you know, uh, irrespective of who the goalkeeper is on the day. So uh, it happens. Uh, but he did, he did very well in the game, I think, he, especially in the first half, he did very well uh, coming out for crosses and, and all that, so uh, he didn't have a bad game at all. It's just, uh, he was just un- unfortunate, uh, you know, especially when you concede a first goal like that, it, it, it also kills your confidence as a goalkeeper. So, uh, but yeah, of course, we, we did uh, have a chat about it, and uh, he's, he's now encouraged, and uh, we're looking forward to the next game. Another player who's been harshly treated by football supporters in South Africa following the loss has been Tokelo Ranti. The English-based striker scored four goals during the qualifiers and one of the liveliest players on Monday. But unfortunately, he missed that penalty that could have killed the game against Algeria and the forgetful football fans have been on his case since. This was Bafana Bafana's first loss in 13 matches since a 5-0 loss to Brazil last year. Mobo Juane says players say they don't focus too much on negative criticism. As players, I mean, we, we don't focus much on, on what's been said. You know, we, we all know that uh, there's always going to be critics, you know, uh, so we all focused on, on our own job. You know, we all know that uh, in football, when you do well, everybody will be behind you. But obviously, when you don't do so well, everybody will want to, to kill you. But uh, it's OK. We, 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 we stuck it as, as a team and we, we try to motivate one another to say, you know what, you've done this before. You know, you've played well before. You've, you've made great saves before, you know, together you've scored great important goals before. So. Don't worry about those things. It happens to the best in the world, so why not to us? So we really don't. We're not bothered about um, what, what what's going on in the social media and all that. But we we're grateful to those who are supporting us even in their hardest times. S A F M Sports Wrap.
This is SAFM Sports Wrap. It's a Thursday evening and uh, lots going on behind the scenes in uh, SA Rugby. Lots of prep taking place ahead of the 2015 Super Rugby season. And it's uh, great to be able to welcome back onto the show once again, uh, Lions uh, head coach Juan Akamanyuan. Welcome onto the show. Great to chat again. Some exciting things happening off the park uh, as far as Lions rugby goes. Uh, I know last year you announced the, the, the big uh, sponsor for, for, for the stadium. But you've basically landed another sponsor, so things are going really, really well for the Lions at the moment. Yeah, no, thanks, Brad. Thanks for speaking to me and, and, and all compliments for the season. Yeah, no, it's all going well. You know, obviously off the field, uh, some major changes, and we're just uh, very uh, privileged and also, you know, glad um, to have, uh, you know, Emirates Airlines and also um, Hawaii, oh, sorry, Hawaii, um, uh, Huawei um, on, you know, as sponsors. And then also thanks to all the other sponsors that spoke with the Lions. You know, um, no team can go without sponsors, and hopefully we'll make them proud um, come game time. Yeah, Johan, it, it's been a, I mean, we spoke in the end of last year. It's been a, a tough couple of years for the Lions uh, with, with the shake-up in Super Rugby, but back in the fold now, last year had a, had a very, very good year, and, and the foundation's been laid. You've obviously got the, the, the financial backing now as well. It is going to make life a little bit easier for you with regards to squad and, and players and that sort of thing. But looking ahead at the season, one of the big positives for me coming out of last season was how the youngsters sort of stepped up, put their hands up, and, and really staked a claim at, at first-team spot. That must be something that bodes really well for Lions Rugby in the future. Yeah, no, definitely. You know, obviously, the secret for us now is to try and keep the score of this group together that we've developed in the last year and, 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 and put a lot of time and experience uh, starting to also add in there. Uh, the fact that a lot of the guys had uh, you know, um, a super happy experience and going into year two now, um, we had a few guys touring with the Springboks and, and a few guys making test debuts. So, so all those things take time, and and therefore, you know, um, I think hopefully in the future, this the sponsorship etc. will help to to hang on to that players, and and we can take that confidence of last season into this season. But um, as an ex-player, you know, I've learned the lessons quite hard that you, if you want to write on the success uh, of last season, you you you're not it's not going to work. You know, have to work all over from the beginning. And even as a player, if you've played a good season. Um, and play at the highest level, you know, you can make sure that uh, there's other guys that want to uh, take you down, you know, so we have to prepare well and, and we're still not happy, you know, uh, we haven't really achieved anything yet, so so there's still a lot of work, but hopefully supporters will come out and, and we'll make them proud. As far as uh, you mentioned, you can't really rely on, on last season's results going into this season. I mean, you, you get your Super Rugby campaign uh, underway against the Hurricanes at home. That's taking place on the, the 13th of Feb. But uh, the truth of the matter is, success in that game depends on what happens in the off-season. Are, are you satisfied with what's been going on uh, sort of off-season-wise and, and pre-season-wise as far as training goes? Yeah, no, definitely. And I think, you know, the guys really... Um Worked hard. We worked uh, extremely hard in December, and then uh, you know gave the guys two two and a half weeks off to to visit families over Christmas time, etc. And then the guys we eased in 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 the first week back, and then now the last uh, two weeks we really worked hard again. And um, it's always a difficult time now from a coach's point of view, because um, you know you, you always you know thinking you're ticking all the boxes, and 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 you have to get the balance of training, but not overtraining and and do contact, but you can't do so much contact that you've got so much injuries that your injuries list is too long. Uh, um, 
we had, had to look at the fixture list. We're playing nine games before we get a bite. The most of any franchise. We're touring uh, early, so all those things in count. We're quite happy where we are. We we, we are picking the boxes that we think needed. Um, and hopefully the guys will be 100% come that first game. As far as acquisitions go, we, we chatted to Franz Ludica uh, earlier on this week and about some of the, the new players he's managed to rope into to the Bulls setup. Uh, as far as the Lions go, uh, are we going to see any new faces running out onto the park in 2015? Yeah, I think, you know, the difference was for us is we couldn't, like the Bulls, for example, go for, for Springboks like Adrian Strauss and Trevor, and those guys, obviously, they they come at a price. But we were, first of all, wanted to to look at our own squad, to look at our own juniors, our own system. So there, there's going to be some new faces that we're excited about. But it's guys that that that's homegrown through our own junior system. And then um, we're still part of the franchise of the Pumas and the and the Leopards. We've invited some of those players. Most of the Puma guys are the guys of last season. We we've invited. Um, uh, some Leopards players that's still competing for a spot. And then the three new phases that, that joined the Lions on a permanent base is Luan Jacobs of the Bulls, Sabri Maastricht of the Bulls, and Rowan uh, van Rensburg, Hansen van Rensburg um, of the Bulls. And uh, it's all three guys potentially fighting for a spot in Super Rappi and that we believe got uh, the potential to play for us and, and make a difference. And I'm, I'm glad you mentioned the, the sort of feeder unions and, and you mentioned the Pumas. You, you must be quite quite happy with, with that situation. If you think about what Jimmy Stonehouse did with that Pumas side in the Curry Cup last season, uh, they've got some talented players in, in the pool there and it, it gives you a bit of depth and, and opportunity to choose from players that, that you, you probably would have ordinarily looked over. No, definitely. You know, uh, if, if needed, um, you know, we will watch those of Otocom games and Varsity Cup games, of like, for example, the Pukka, um closely. And, and, and hopefully, if, if, if somebody like Akker van Amerwe last season uh, pops out, you know, we we will have the opportunity to pull them into Super Rappi and, and give you that extra depth in, in your in your numbers. So, so yeah, it's great to have that, that franchises. And, and it's also good if they do well, you know, and they have done. In, in the last uh, couple of seasons, and, uh, and 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 it opened up the doors for some of the players, um, like Fof and Stefan Watermeyer and Cornet Ferry from the Pumas last season, and I will definitely, you know, look at that players if uh, if 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 needed. Johan Ackermann, coach of uh, the Emirates Lions. Thank you so much for joining us this evening. Johan, as a, a huge Lions fan, I want to wish you well for, for the 2015 season. I know you're going to do us proud, and if any, if last year's anything to go by, we, we're going to have a fantastic season once again this year. Yeah, no, thanks. I appreciate that. And uh, I just want to say, uh, you know, uh, to the supporters, hopefully they'll stand behind us. And thanks for them. And there's, uh, and I don't want to sell it, but there's a massive advantage to get season tickets as, as it includes the test against the All Blacks. So hopefully they'll come out and uh, give us uh, that support. SAFM Sports Wrap. It's time to chat some golf now on SAFM, South Africa's news and information leader. The Commercial Bank Qatar Masters taking place at the Doha Golf Club. It was round two today and it was a fantastic day uh, for a couple of South Africans in the field. It's a pleasure to welcome back onto the show Nick Dye. Nick, Brandon, Grace, George could see a fabulous day out for the pair. Absolutely, Brad. Nine under par for each of them. They share top spot with Viesberger. Um, Katsia always seems to play well in this part of the world. He's had victory chances in this tournament before. You all know that Brandon Grace has been in excellent form with the victory in Leopard Creek. And while he hasn't seen it through at the next two tournaments, it's been a very good standard. 
and they're continuing that run here. Darren Sickart is also very nicely in the mix. And while Ernie Ells didn't have the very best of days, he's another to consider and a former champion on this course. Yeah, I mean, it's 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 a very tight field at the moment. I mean, three at the top on nine under, there's three at eight under, three at seven under, so there's lots of people ready to pass a whole host at six under. Uh, you mentioned uh, Darren Fichart as well. He's just two off the pace. The Big Easy as well was saying yesterday, I know when you chatted to him after the round, that he was quite happy uh, to string a, a decent round together, but he's not out of contention either, so we, we're in for a great weekend. certainly should be. It's been a slightly odd day today because a few players got off to such blistering starts. We thought there'd be some very low scores. There were three rounds of 65, but others sort of just jockeyed for position. And it's a tough course, albeit that the wind didn't blow. It was perfect conditions. The wind is likely to pick up, and that could sort them out over the weekend. But you do get the impression that some of the early starters can really make headway and it's likely to be a good number of players still very much in contention into the weekend, uh, into the final day. I, I think all the names we've mentioned, the way they're playing, they're likely to hold firm. It's more a matter if anybody else shoots low and there's some very talented players in this field. Nick, are we going to see another meltdown final round come, uh, come Saturday? I mean, it's happened in the last two European Tour tournaments. It, it can't happen three times in a row, can it? Surely you can't. Charles Russell one week, then Martin Keimer, and we can't find a record to say that anybody has ever lost a 10-stroke lead like he lost last Sunday. Uh, I sincerely hope it's not the case. You don't want that to happen to anyone. You want somebody... Admittedly, we've had very good winners who have come through and been deserving on the final day, but you hate to see that to happen to, to anybody. And it's very strange that it's to two of the world's best players that it has happened over the last few weekends. Yeah, absolutely. But as the field stands right now, all very tight. I can't see someone uh, shooting a, a massively low round compared to everyone else. I think come Sunday, uh, it might be a lot closer than uh, someone going into that final round with uh, a 10-stroke advantage or have a 10-stroke swing uh, on that final day as well. Nick Dye, thank you so much for that update uh, on the European Golf Tour. And so, yeah, it's going to be interesting. Let's hope the South Africans can hang on there. Two South Africans on top of the leaderboard. Great to see Brandon Grace, George Kutsia. And uh, rounds very similar. Yesterday, uh, Brandon Grace, 67. Today, 68. George Kutsia the other way around. So that's fantastic. Two solid, solid rounds of golf for the two South Africans today, which is great news. Let's head back to Equatorial Guinea next. Find out what the halftime score is and chat briefly about Bafana Bafana tomorrow night. SAFM Sports Wrap. Well, let's chat to Mo Ali once again. Mo, it is half-time in the first game of uh, this evening. Zambia up against Tunisia. No score. No score. It should really have been 2 or 3 uh, nil to the Zambians and uh, four chances, believe it or not, going to the Zambian captain, Rainford Kalaba, and uh, two of them saved by the Tunisian goalkeeper, Eamon Matluti, and uh, two of them uh, fired wide. And there was also a chance uh, just on the stroke of halftime when uh, the Southampton striker, Emmanuel Mayuka, from a close range, scuffed his shot when he really should have done better. But having said that, Tunisia did have a very good penalty shout turned down very early on in in the game uh, when uh, the uh, Wahbi Khazri from uh, Bordeaux saw his uh, 
a handball is sure shot being handled by Stopila Sunza who stuck out an arm uh, but the referee deeming that it was a ball to hand and uh, Tunisia will feel really hard done by and uh, the way football matches go you don't take your opportunities the other team gets one and score and uh, that could possibly uh, happen to Zambia in the second half they really did dominate the, the first half and uh, have absolutely nothing to show for it and they start with a clean sh- uh, slate in the second half Tonight's game, uh, Cape Verde in action once against uh, against uh, Congo Dio. Yes, and uh, what an interesting game that could be because uh, Cape Verde are a side on the rise. They're ranked 40 in Africa at the moment and uh, qualified for their first Nations Cup in South Africa in uh, 2013. Very f- uh, few people uh, gave them any chance and uh, they went uh, along with South Africa out of their group, uh, unfortunate to lose to Ghana. And uh, they showed in the opening game against Tunisia when they came from a goal down to uh, level matters late in that game. And uh, a side uh, that uh, has been uh, assembled from players from 11 different leagues, including a player in Mexico, Giannini, and uh, they really do have a lot of talent spread around uh, the leagues of Europe, and they've done a job of uh, looking for players with uh, Cape Verdean heritage. But uh, having said that, I've just read a comment from Yannick Bolasi, a man who's done so, so well with uh, Crystal Palace in the English Premier League, and uh, he says he wants to establish himself alongside the greats of uh, African football, and uh, he really does have the talent, and and, uh, scored in the opening game as well in the opening draw against uh, Zambia so he's going to be a player that the Cape Verdeans will have to watch very very closely indeed and Yusuf Malumbu anchoring their midfield also for the uh, Congolese who haven't uh, won only two games in fact since uh, 1998 when they uh, finished third at the Nations Cup in uh, Burkina Faso and uh, for all the talent that they have in their country they should be doing better. Well, Ali, thank you very much. Unfortunately, you have run out of time, so not going to be able to chat uh, Bafana Bafana, but that game takes place tomorrow night at 9 o'clock. We'll have an opportunity on SAFM Sports Wrap tomorrow evening to sort of look ahead to that game in depth. It is a vital game uh, for our boys taking on Senegal. Uh, in a game that they really do need to win if they want to keep their hopes of qualifying for the knockout phase of the 2015 Africa Cup of Nations live. And that's it for SAFM Sports Wrap this evening. Thank you very much to all our guests this evening. Uh, thanks a lot to Lions, Johan Ackermann. Uh, wonderful to catch up with him again. Also heard from Tuso Pala. Thank you to Moali as well for keeping us up to date. We'll have more uh, updates throughout the evening here on SAFM, South Africa's news and information leader uh, with that AFCON action tonight. The talk shop is up next on the other side of your 7 o'clock news. Naledi in tonight. But right now, though, it is 7 o'clock and it's time to find out what's happening in the news.